0: How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode 129 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, the A's took the finale in Colorado. It was a two-game series, so I, I feel weird calling that a finale, but whatever, it's fine. They took the finale in Colorado, 3-1, behind a strong performance from Mike Fires. I also got an interesting suggestion on Twitter from a follower named Brian. I, I'm going to go into that. I'm intrigued. I don't know that I want to do it necessarily, but I'm going to r- run through the pros. There are cons. I'm not going to run through the cons. I'm going to run through the pros and uh, see what you guys think about that one. And also, I'm going to take a look at the magic number with the A's When It went down. I'm also going to look at some, uh, some playoff matchups. Things are changing a little bit. I was unaware of something. I'm going to go into what I was unaware of, see if uh, maybe we do want to actually go after the one or the two seed. So uh, that's what we got coming up on the show for you guys today. But before I get into all of that stuff, though, please follow us on social media at on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So as I mentioned about 20 seconds ago, the A's beat Colorado on Wednesday afternoon, bringing them to 31 and 19 on the season. The scoring got started as Tony Kemp got into a rundown and somehow scored. That was weird. Marcus Simeon got tagged out at third. I don't know. I think that if Arnato hadn't gone for the out at third and instead of just thrown home, they would have had Tony Kemp by a little bit. But uh, Tony Kemp avoided the tag, got the run, got the aides on the board. They, they scored a couple more runs. That was nice. So a uh, good job on them for that. Tony Kemp, his stat line doesn't, do him justice, I don't think. He does a lot of stuff on the baseball field that makes you go, hey, that was really cool. And uh, he's a solid addition. I really enjoy watching Tony Kemp play baseball. So uh good job on Tony Kemp for being athletic as fuck. But moving on, uh, Jake Lamb stayed hot since joining the A's. He went two for four, but he should have went two for three because he got rung up on a strike call that was uh, low and outside. Should have been ball four. It wasn't. He got rung up. He he had a smile on his face like, hey, what, what was that, ump? But uh yeah, he's been really good. I have enjoyed watching Jay Clam play too. Since joining the A's, he is five for eleven. That is a four fifty-five batting average. He has a five hundred on base percentage. He has a home run, couple RBIs, a walk. He's been doing it all. Good job, Jay Clam. I really like this addition. And as I said last week, or you know, over the weekend, he's gonna keep playing. Maybe he has something in his bat that uh the Diamondbacks just weren't getting out of him, and looks like the A's are getting that out of him. So if he can continue doing this for the next uh, month and a half or so, I'm gonna be very pleased with the Jake Lamb edition. So uh, yeah, let's keep that going. Also, Mike Fires. Uh, I don't. I'm bearing the lead on this one. Mike Fires. He went six innings, gave up seven hits, one run walked nobody, struck out four. That's what you want on a getaway day. That's what they said on the broadcast. That's what you want on a getaway day. You want a veteran who's just going to fill up the strike zone and uh, give you some length, and then you just go out and close it out, and everything's fine. Uh, The A starters seem to be coming around a little bit. Both Minaya and Fires had solid outings in Colorado, and uh, that that has to be a confidence boost when, you know, you go to this place of nightmares and you you go and shove a couple days in a row. That's got to be nice. And they've been pitching well outside of Colorado. They've been pitching well in Colorado. I'm liking the A's rotation a little bit, so I'll be touching on them a little bit more in the second segment. But, you know, rolling on, staying in the AL West, the Rangers did the A's a solid and took down the Astros one to nothing in Houston, so uh, thank you to the Texas Rangers for not sucking every game this season. Uh, Lance McCullers was dealing for Houston. He went seven innings pitched, gave up just two hits, no runs. The Rangers run actually came off of the Astros' closer, Ryan Presley. He gave up a ground rule double to Joey Gallo that scored Leotis Tavares from second base. So that's how the Rangers got their run in the ninth. Good job on the Rangers. And since they didn't allow any runs, that means that somebody had to do really well for them. That somebody was Kyle Gibson who pitched a complete game for the Rangers. Kyle Gibson, of all people, complete game for the Rangers. He gave up four hits, walked three, struck out nine. Good job on Kyle Gibson. Way to go. We'd love to see it here as long as it's not against the A's. Um, also with the A's win and the Astros loss, the A's now sit six and a half games up in the West with their magic number to clinch the West sitting at four, four. That's not bad. Uh, the soonest that the A's can clinch the West is on Saturday. And that's if Houston loses two of their next three and the A's win their first two games against the Giants, which, uh, I'll have to... For tomorrow's podcast, I will see if Trevor God is still on the Giants, and then I will give my my uh, predictions for how that series is going to go. And uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So tune in tomorrow to see if Trevor God is still a San Francisco Giants. And as you guys have all known, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast, I love talking about the Mariners as well, because uh, hopefully they can kick the Astros out of the playoffs and uh, all that stuff. Currently, as I'm recording, they are losing to the San Francisco Giants. The Trevor Gottless. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Trevor Gott's going to get into this game if he stole at the Giants. We'll find out tomorrow. Uh, they are currently losing 9-3 to in the top of the seventh. It is a game that they are the home team, but they are playing in San Francisco, so... Mariners had gone down uh eight to nothing made it eight to three now it's nine to three so uh I'm not expecting a win at this point they don't have the big offensive firepower they can do it but uh, especially if Trevor got still on the team I'm gonna keep hammering that point home <laughs> um, because I remember anyways uh so yeah I, I'm not expecting them to gain ground on the Astros at this point but I'll, I'll give another look here in the next 20 minutes before I f- wrap up this podcast and see if anything has changed. So coming up on the show, though, I, I'm going to go over the idea that was floated to me by Brian on Twitter about the ace postseason rotation, give a quick update on the Cleveland Indians, and that update could change how we're looking at the the playoffs going forward. So uh, you're going to want to stay tuned for that one. But first, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Bilt Bar. The Improved built Bar is even more deliciouser. They now have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, including Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisp. They also have their original 12 flavors. Uh, raspberry is the one that I'm always drawn to. Uh, I told you guys a little bit about the peanut butter one on the last episode, but regardless of which built Bar I'm talking about, All I know is that they're all 100% covered in chocolate, they're soft and easy to chew, they're protein bars that taste like candy bars, and belt Bars are great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Today, I'm going to give you a different flavor profile here. We got the cookies and cream. It has 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. Name a tastier way to get all of your protein with none of the carbs. I, I don't think you can. Built Bar is the way to do that. And how do you take advantage of Built Bar? You go to their website, builtbar.com. You enter the code locked on. That is one word, locked on. And you get $10 off your first box at builtbar.com. Also, you get a free cooler with purchase. You get a little cooler for your little bars. You can carry your treats around the house and just get healthier while doing it. So there you go. BuiltBar.com. Enter code locked on. That is one word locked on. You get $10 off your first box at BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. Please follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at By Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any mailbag questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to get into this rotation. It's going to take a minute. So here's basically what the tweet said. And it was, here's my rotation for the first round. And he has game one starters. Stick with me. We're gonna switch the starters. We we can switch the starters. I'm gonna go into the thought process behind this. That's what this is mostly about here. Game one starters: Mike Fires, Mike Miner. Game two: Chris Bassett, Jesus Luzardo. Game three: Montas Manaya. I mean, I I don't necessarily want Fires and Miner near game one, but I mean, you got righty lefty. You got a couple of crafty veterans right there maybe they would be a good game one combination. I think that I'd prefer like Montas and Manaya maybe just because you go righty lefty with them. Um, and you know, they've both been in the league a little bit longer. Then you can go, you know, Bassett and Lizardo game two, game three, you got Fires and Miner, but do you really want, you know, those two guys being, you know, like your stop gaps if you need them? Maybe, I don't know. Um, but I wanted to go on the thought process behind this. And I, I think that it's, really interesting. I don't know that the A's will do this or should do this, but I do like the idea of this, if that makes any sense. So that's why I'm Uh, giving it some time here today and right off the top the postseason is going to be a grind they're going to be playing every day from you know you got three games in the wild card round and then you get a few days off while you quarantine to get ready for the division series if the A's make it that far keep gonna gonna keep saying if Uh, so if they make it to the division series then you get five games and then you go right into a seven game series so there's not a lot of time off in between these series or in between these games at all there's no off days once the series starts and again if the A's make it to the Championship Series, there is a one day off in between the Division Series and the Championship Series. So uh, there's no off days once this thing gets going. Uh, So once you get to Division Series, you just play basically all the way through until you make it to the World Series, and then you get a couple of off days in that series. So that's a plus, I guess. But basically, the way that everything is set up, you can't just Madison Bumgarner your way to a World Series title. Where you're like, "Hey, we got one good pitcher. Here he goes, all all the games, and then see what happens from there." Uh, the A's one don't have the talent to do that. They don't have a Madison Bumgarner on their team. Uh, Luzardo could become that guy. Uh, I, I don't put that past him, but uh, I don't necessarily want to break him for future seasons either. So there's a there's a catch twenty two on that one. Um, so yeah, that, that's basically what I'm going with is the they're going to need some break times at some point. And so that's why the idea of just using tandem starters in the wildcard round is actually kind of appealing. And here's why. First off, uh, the ace bullpen's probably a bit tired at this point. They've been throwing a bunch of innings. They've been playing at a very high level. Give them like a week off and then let them just shove in the division series. That's all you got to do. Just let them shove. And giving them a week off could get them ready for a very grueling three weeks if the A's make it to the World Series. So by giving them a little bit of time off, maybe it pays dividends later on. I know that in the playoffs, you don't want to count your eggs before they hatch or anything like that, but this is one of those scenarios where I'm like, I, I think that the A's have good enough pitching to get them through the wild wildcard round, depending on the matchup, obviously. Like, I don't know that I'd be on board with this if they were facing like the Astros or the Yankees or something like that. Somebody, uh, a team with a bunch of bats in their lineup. I don't necessarily want them to do that against them. But if they're facing like the Blue Jays or the Indians or a team like that, maybe that would be better suited for, you know, that wild card matchup right there. And the other part of this that I like a little bit is that with the wild card round there is a little break in between the final game of the wild card round and the first game of the division series. The pitchers tabbed for games one, two, and three in the division series would all be on five days rest, which is a day longer than usual. So they'd all be on regular rest. And I like the idea of keeping our pitchers, the starting pitchers, on regular rest for the playoffs, as opposed to giving, you know, uh, these two or three guys, depending on how long the series goes, you know, if it's Montas, Luzardo, and Mania, let's say, uh, getting them all going. But then you got Mike Miner and Mike Fires and Chris Bassett just sitting around like, What are we going to do for two weeks? And uh, I I like the idea of keeping them in the flow, resting the bullpen, and, you know, everything that that encompasses. So that's where I think I really enjoy this idea a lot. Uh, Do I want them to do it? I don't know, because if it doesn't work, then it's kind of like that 2018 wildcard game again where, hey, we used a starter, and it blew up on our faces immediately. This stinks. Um, so that wouldn't be fun, but I mean, if it blew up on game one, then they can do other things too in game two, in the wild card round at least, so, uh, you know, they could adjust on the fly, which would be nice, but ultimately if it works out that it gets, you know, all of the starters into the postseason flow a little bit, and makes it so that nobody's sitting out for a week and a half, two weeks, some some long amount of time, that is, you want to keep guys on their regular rotation a little bit. Uh, with baseball, it's all about routines. And if you take somebody out of their routine and then just throw them into the playoffs, there's no guarantee that that's going to work. So, uh, and, and I know that the other side of that is the, the con. Here Here's my one con. Uh, not all these guys have come out of the bullpen before, but Luzardo and uh, Bassett have. So there's two guys that, you know, at least have some familiarity with coming in out of the bullpen and doing a really good job doing it. And then uh, Mike Minor could be the other bullpen guy. He's pitched in the bullpen before too. So, That would be probably... You'd want, I guess, uh, Fires, Montas, and Manaya being the other three guys, like the actual starters and then the other three guys coming in behind them. That's probably how you'd set it up just because they have experience doing it and they have some sort of an idea of what their routine is coming out of the bullpen. So that's that's my take on all that. So again, I'm not sure that this is something that the A's should do, would do, uh, all that stuff. But I feel like with... Out a true ace, you know that that horse that they, that, you know, you need in the playoffs, uh, supposedly at least. Um, I, I think that it could be an interesting way to do it. Just you know, good pitcher, everybody to death. They don't have an ace, but they have a bunch of good pitchers. So that here's good pitcher, good pitcher, good pitcher, and uh, just go with it from there. So uh, that that's all that. But I want to move on to talking about the Cleveland Indians because uh, I, I've been touting them for a very long time as somebody you do not want to face in the first round because they have so much pitching. Uh, little did I know they've lost eight games in a row. Holy crap. Uh, they are floundering right now. Maybe it is the right time to face the Cleveland Indians. Granted, they, they've got a pretty weak schedule coming up. Uh, I think they wrap up against the Pirates. So that's a, a nice get well series right before the playoffs start. But their eight losses have come against, uh, three against the Royals, three against the Twins, and then two against the Cubs. Two of those three teams are actually pretty decent teams. So, you know, whatever, but You'd think that with that much pitching that they would have won one of these games at some point. So I haven't dug super deep into any of their problems. I assume that they are all one-run losses like they were uh, last night against the Cubs. They lost an extra innings. In the bottom of the 10th, their reliever actually loaded the bases with nobody out, I believe, and almost got out of it, and then he didn't. Um, So that's how they lost that game. But my larger point is here, uh, maybe the Indians are actually beatable, and maybe they're not as scary a team to face in the wildcard round. Maybe. Uh, I know that Justin Bieber is still really, really good, and uh, I don't necessarily want to see him. But if they don't have any offense behind them, maybe he is beatable somehow. Uh, And again, we have not seen the best of the A's yet this season. We've seen some good hitting performances. We haven't seen it like a long stretch of them, at least in like a month. Uh, And their pitching's been much better now. Their bullpen's faltering a little bit, but if they get all three of those pieces going, they could be the best team in baseball. So the optimistic part of me is saying, hey, maybe they're just saving it for the playoffs. That's when everybody gets better is when they're facing the best competition, right? So let's hope. Anyways, moving on to uh, the the actual playoff standings. Uh, The Blue Jays are the seventh seed. The Indians are the eighth seed. The Blue Jays have a half game lead on the Indians for that seventh spot. So those will be up in the air a little bit, but uh, to play one of those teams, the A's would have to move out of the third spot, and they are currently half a game behind the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and a game and a half behind the Chicago White Sox for the number one seed. Uh, my guess is that the Blue Jays will end up being the eight seed, so we'd have to take down the White Sox to get that one seed. And also if they do take the one seed, they'd be playing in Petco park in the division series, as opposed to Dodger stadium. And then they'd be in Petco park in the championship series. If they made it that far anyways. So, uh, yeah, that's how that works. And then world series is in Arlington. Uh, I'm sure you've heard that by now, and the A's know how Arlington plays. doesn't matter. Anyways, so yeah, Petco Park or Dodger Stadium, if that's something that uh, I think my dad really wants them to play in Petco just because it's pretty, I don't know if the park factors uh, are super different or anything like that, um, but I, I think the Petco is known more as a pitcher's park. I don't know if it still holds that or if, you know, they, they moved in the fences. I don't know how it plays since they've done that, but, uh, you know, it, it would be fun to hit. see Sean Murphy hit that Western medal building, uh, that'd be a good time, because you know that he would. He'd probably uh bulldoze that thing with a home run ball, so maybe we shouldn't play in Petco. Anyways, um, so yeah, that's something to keep an eye out on if the A's take the one seed, and as things are currently rolling, my guess is that the Blue Jays would be the number eight seed, because uh, they've played two games against the Yankees, gotten blown out in both. I think they got five more games against the Yankees, so it's probable that they're not going to win too many of those, which means there's... uh there's, there's room for the Indians to move forward. So my guess is that the, the Blue Jays would be the eight seed. And so maybe the A's want to go for that one seed and see if they can get that. And then, uh, they'd be facing, uh, different teams as opposed to, you know, the Rays who would be most likely the team at that point, uh, they'd be facing the four or five seed winner. And that is currently as of right now, the twins and the Yankees. And if, you've been paying attention for the last couple of years. Um, The Yankees just don't let the twins win games in the playoffs. And maybe it's because of Yankee stadium. I don't know, but uh, maybe that's in their heads at this point. So you'd think that the A's would be facing the Yankees at Petco park if they got the one seed and they both advanced to the division series. So that'd be a fun matchup. I don't, I mean, the the Yankees got bats, but I don't know that they've got the pitching to make a deep playoff run, you know? Uh, so maybe they'd be a good matchup. I, I don't know that i necessarily want to see Stanton and Judge and Luke Voigt, who's leading the, uh, the league in home runs. I don't know if I want to see those guys, but maybe it'd be fun. So that is the new take on the playoffs with uh, the Mariners not being a great uh, compatriot in treason, by which case, I mean, they're not helping the A's. Get the Astros out of the playoffs. Uh, they need to start winning some games. So g- get your asses in the gear, Seattle. Come on. Uh, we're, we're trying to help. And we will help, I think, uh, if you win some more games. Just beat the Giants. It's not that hard. Come on. Anyways, so that is the new take on uh, all of the playoff shenanigans that are happening right now. It's all up in the air. I'm trying to have a new strategy every day. It's not fun. But things keep changing. So we got to go uh, with the flow on that one. We'll see. Where everything shakes out and hope for the best, I think, Uh, once, you know, October rolls around or end of September rolls around because everything starts on the 29th. That's just a couple weeks. Um, So, yeah, that's going to be it for me today, you guys. But until next time, stay indoors, celebrate good times, keep wearing those masks, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.